Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yes, indeed. Good morning. I am joined this morning by Julie Wisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Julie, good morning. I hope you're nice and cozy where you are. <laughs> I am. I'm wearing my down vest. Oh, good. <laughs> In the house. And my In the house. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. It's that time with uh, 18 degrees and getting colder. Uh, and uh, we're, We'll talk about that, but uh, let's invite our listeners to join in on the conversation, Julie. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, uh, you can call or text Julie. And if you're a regular listener to the show, you know we tend to get really busy. So don't wait. We'd love to hear your voice if you want to call Julie or if you'd rather text. If that's easier, that's fine, too. But just one number will get you either, 651-461-9226. You know, we always, it seems like, uh, Julie, every year at this time, we always say, well, let's hope we get some snow cover <laughs> because that really helps protect yeah. uh, things outside, growing shrubs, et cetera, and lawns and all of that. So th- that's the good part. Is there... Is there something we need to do to protect those uh, shrubs or plants or whatever? Yeah, that's a great point. I was I was relieved. As much as I know a lot of people I've talked to said, oh, the weather was so beautiful and it was warm. And and I'll tell you, I was so relieved and so were some of my colleagues when we got that, you know, the, the snow cover because that actually acts as an insulator for our plants. So we want our plants to go into winter gradually and go into dormancy gradually, and now they are. They're, they're proceeding into dormancy. And, uh, and so that snow actually helps to protect the roots and help to insulate and protect the soil from freezing too quickly and heaving in the spring. So we do want some snow cover. But there are things that we can still be doing to protect our plants for the winter. For example, uh, we want to be... Um, protecting plants from animal browsing. If anybody's got deer issues in their yard, they know that deer, they're hungry in the winter and they come into the yard and they're, they will nibble on things. And one of the things that they like to nibble on are these thin bark trees like maples and crab apples. And so we want to protect those by protecting the trunk with a ring of 
hardware cloth, which I've talked about before on the show many times. You want about a four-foot high fence, and, uh, and that will protect the bark. That will also protect it from rabbit browsing. Um, deer probably need a bigger fence than that. You want to actually protect, especially young plants, with a large fence around them to protect them from feeding too much on the young stems too. So that's one thing. You can wrap the stems too. That will actually protect them from uh, sun scald and ultimately frost cracks in the bark, in those thin bark trees. So that's a white plastic wrap. You see it, it comes in, you can kind of like spiral it around the stem or you can also buy it in kind of a corrugated uh, type of plastic. And that reflects the winter light. That winter light can be really intense for a short period of time and then boom, It'll go away behind clouds or buildings, and uh, and so that helps to reflect the light and keep those cells from getting too active underneath that bark. But boy, can the deer do some damage. They uh, can, yes, they oh can. Oh, my goodness. Um, for those that maybe don't know, and so many of our listeners do, but uh, as far as hardware cloth, hardware cloth is not the same as like chicken wire, is it? Right. It actually has very tiny squares. It's stronger than chicken wire, too. It's very tough. It cannot be chewed through very easily or at all by some of the animals that browse. So it's got tiny spaces, stronger. It's often coated, but you can buy uncoated as well. And you want, it, you want to actually bury the base of that ring of fencing a few inches below the soil. So get out a sharp tool and dig down a, a kind of a a space into the soil and tuck that fencing down in there. And that will prevent the voles from crawling underneath and just kind of feasting on your thin bark trees. And another thought too, and we we touch upon it uh, this time of year is is if we get a lot of snow, uh, rabbits can you know obviously if it's like two or three feet of snow they yeah. they've got another advantage there, don't they? Yeah, they can sit up. They don't weigh very much, and they sit up on top of the snow. So you want a taller fence than a shorter fence. Um, I learned that the hard way one year when I did not fence my blueberries and they were just cut down to the ground. We didn't have a dog at the time either. That (laughs) didn't help either. So I have a ring of uh, hardware cloth that I put around my blueberries every year and I just roll it back up and put it away for the summer, take it out in the fall and put it in, uh, in the ground. You can put, use, uh, staples too, like lawn blanket staples or, uh, fabric staples and push those down into the ground, too. That will help to make that fence really sturdy, too. Okay. You can call us or text us with your lawn or garden questions, 651-461-9226. Here's a text, Julia. says, should I still cover strawberry patch with straw? You can definitely do that, yes. And you want to use clean straw. So clean straw means it's coming without seeds because you don't want a bunch of wheat growing up in your strawberry patch. So, yes, you can do it with straw. You can cover them with leaves, too. So you can also do that as well. And then just push that aside uh, into the patches or spaces between the rows of your strawberry plants in the spring, and it will act as a really nice mulch. And leaves are pretty good, too, aren't they, for mulch? Yeah, definitely leaves. You can use those. And, uh, and again, you can just push those aside, too. Okay. Now, the text says this, Julie, should shrub roses be cut back over winter? That's a great question, and, and it's actually, all of this is in an article that I just wrote for our Yard and Garden News, so readers can go back after the show and, and take a look. 
That's a great question. And, and it's actually, all of this is in an article that I just wrote for our Yard and Garden News. So readers can go back after the show and, and take a look at some of the details. And we have some good information on our website too on trees and shrubs. But yes, shrub roses can be protected. We have hardy shrub roses in Minnesota, but I always like to, again, put a ring of that hardware cloth around them and then pack them full of leaves. And what that does is while the plant will survive the winter, but you you don't have as much green stem if you don't protect them. You wind up with a lot of winter kill on the ends of the stems. You have to prune it back and you have a smaller plant to start with in the spring. When you protect them, you can actually start with more green stem and a bigger plant in the spring. All right. 651-461-9226. As we head to the break, you can call Julie or send a text. Keep in mind, we tend to get real busy as we get warmed up here. So uh, let's hear uh, your lawn and garden question for Julie this morning. 18 degrees in the Twin Cities. That's probably going to be our high for today, Julie, because we will be dropping as we head through the day and probably into the single digits overnight to maybe six above before things turn around a little bit uh, tomorrow. Right now, 18 degrees here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. And good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show around uh, here on CCO every Saturday. In the 8 o'clock hour, always welcoming your phone calls or text messages. This morning, Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M answering those very questions, again, either by phone or by text. Call us, text us, whichever is easier, 651-461-9226. You know, we mentioned before the break, Julie, about uh, that article you, you had written. Maybe f- right. for those that don't know, uh, the U of M, you guys have put together this tremendous resource uh, called extension.umn.edu. Tell us a little bit about that. So extension.umn.edu is our main extension webpage, and extension is much bigger than horticulture or agriculture. It includes things like family uh, family planning, family care, family um, helping families to get through tough times. It also includes youth education. 4-H is part of extension. And uh, also community development. We have a group that focuses on working with communities to help them grow and prosper and help the citizens in their community. So agriculture is big. We include livestock, uh, certainly, you know, plants, um, all different forestry, natural resources, um, even including water quality, climate change. All of those are part of extension as well as part of the university, of course, because we are part of the university. But in horticulture, we have a great web page called Yard and Garden, and it includes, oh my goodness, pages of information on all sorts of topics in horticulture. So everything from the home gardener to our commercial uh, uh, commercial gardeners and professionals, we have information on fruits and vegetables and flowers and trees and shrubs and houseplants. Um, we also have the Yard and Garden News, which is written every two weeks by my colleagues and me, and it includes things that we see happening right now. For example, the article I referred to earlier on protecting your plants through the winter, and that is one example. Annie Claude, our fruit educator, wrote a great publication on day-neutral strawberries, and can they be overwintered? Should we overwinter them? So lots of good information And I encourage people to sign up for the subscriber alert that comes into your email uh, inbox every couple weeks when we have new information up there. 
It really so that, that, Yeah, so the website, again, extension.umn.edu. I've used that very thing a couple of times, more than a couple of times, uh, looking for uh, shrubs or trees. Let's see, what 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 kind of tree or shrub would be good <laughs> for this go. particular area? It really is a great resource. I guess one of my favorites is uh, something <laughs> close to your heart is the whole lawn uh, the the whole lawn program, you know, this really if, this answers so many questions for those that want to care, you know, to take care of their lawn in a certain way, fertilizing and all, aeration, right. all of that stuff. Well, so. and we're so glad to have John Trappy on our team now. He uh, joined us a few weeks ago and was on last week on the show, or was it last week? A couple yeah, of weeks. Last right? week. Was it last week? week? Yeah. Boy, I don't know. Time flies. It was last week. But yeah, I mean, two weeks was, ago. Never mind. Was, <laughs> <laughs> We're fighting but with each other. It's so great to have him on. We're all so happy about that. He is. Uh, for those that missed the show, John is uh, is what we call the, the, the turf expert. Yes. With uh, you guys at the U of M. And, yeah, he knows his stuff. So we're going to have John, uh, I assume, back on from time to time to answer lawn, lawn and turf-type questions. So Probably not so, till spring. Probably not. <laughs> that makes sense right now. Uh, but if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, in the meantime, call us or text us at 651-461-9226. Here's one uh, text to Julie. It says, I keep an autumn joy sedum growing in a pot outside. Can I leave it out or should I winter it in a garage or three-season porch? Oh, my goodness. So this is a very common question this time of year is people having plants that are perennials that are growing in containers. The problem with containers is that the soil freezes very quickly. You know, there's not a lot of insulation around them, especially if they're smaller containers. I take it that this is probably not a huge container that the autumn joy is in. That being said, Autumn Joy is a very hardy plant here. And uh, if you can move it into a garage, that would probably be be fine. Uh, if you can't move it in, sometimes our containers are so large they can't be moved, then you would want to just protect the plant. I would, I would maybe put a screen of fencing around it and pile some leaves in there, for example, to kind of hold it all in place for the winter, just to protect the plant itself. And uh, if you have... Containers, if you happen to have a lot of leaves, like bags of leaves, you could pile them up around the container just to protect it a little bit more. But it's always a risk. And so there's no surefire silver bullet that says do this and your plant will survive. But if it's if you're going to lose the plant, otherwise you may as well give it a shot, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking, here we are this time of year. In a few days, it's going to be Thanksgiving. That's hard to believe. Yeah, but I can't uh, believe that. A couple of years ago, we wouldn't be talking about this, but uh, many folks will be uh, entertaining. They'll be inviting their friends, relatives, family, friends, whatever, uh, to their homes. Is there is there like a, a host or hostess gift plant-wise that would be a good idea for somebody maybe who isn't necessarily a big-time gardener? What's a good idea for uh, for a gift like that, would you think? Oh, boy, that's a great question. I love talking about plants for gifts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing is to think about the person. Do they, A, want living plants to care for? Some people don't. Some people say, oh, I have a brown thumb or two brown thumbs. So cut flowers are always welcome or a floral arrangement. And we have fabulous floral arrangers here in the Twin Cities. I would go to a local florist, tell them what you want, describe your friend or relative, and uh, and see what they can work up for you. Think about the colors too. So that's good if you don't, if there isn't a long-term commitment wanted by the person. But if somebody really likes plants, you can bring them plants like, of course, our holiday cacti. 
Succulents are great. Uh, they're easy to care for indoors. I like some of the plants. If people live in a, an apartment where they don't have a lot of light, look for low-light plants, things like the Sansevieria plants. Those are our snake plants. There's all different kinds of shapes and forms, super easy to care for, not a lot of watering or fertilizing required. They don't require a lot of potting. Um, I also really like Hoyas. Hoyas are a vining a very tough plant. I have a number of them that I actually got as cuttings from my mom's Hoya. It's also called wax plant. And it is a great plant. It's got kind of thick, tough, shiny leaves. They come in uh, kind of uh, contorted shapes. They come in variegated forms. Also just your plain dark green. So they do bloom. They have clusters of flowers. And they're, they're a really easy, low-care plant. So orchids are also nice. I love a good orchid, and uh, they're relatively inexpensive thanks to tissue culture advancements that we have from our growers. And you can buy those plants and all of these plants in lots of different places. So visit, shop locally and, uh, and talk to the garden center people. They are very knowledgeable. Describe what you would, are looking for for this person as a host or hostess gift. And uh, good luck. Yeah, that's a good idea, too. Much you shop, shop locally, and those folks do know their stuff. So uh, right. th- that's great. Well, good. Right. Uh, yeah, Thanksgiving coming up. Wow, well, I'll tell you what, you know what else is coming up is a forecast for the Twin Cities uh, for uh, the rest of this weekend and this coming week. Let's see if we're going to get a break from this cold weather. We'll talk that, and uh, we'll have about another half hour of the show, our Smart Garden show. So don't wait. If you have a lawn and garden question, call us or text us, 651-461-9226. And we'll take those questions right after the break here on Newstalk 830. This is WCCO. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show, welcoming your phone calls or text messages, lawn or garden type, for Julie Wazenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Uh, again, either phone call or text, 651-461-9226. Okay, Julie, I want to talk right. in a little bit about uh, about the uh, Arboretum, but let's uh, let's help some folks out here in the meantime. Now, this is not a dumb question, listener. It says dumb question, maybe. It's not. No. Uh, will boxwoods bounce back into shape from the snow bending the branches all out of shape? Yes, unless the branches are really dry and they snap off. But yes, they will bounce back. Okay, that's good. Um, is it too late, this listener says, is it too late to cover perennials with leaves over the snow? Would it do more harm than good? I think you could still probably cover them. I, I guess my question is, do you need to cover them? But yes, you could certainly dump leaves onto those plants right now. Um, I don't think it's going to make a whole lot of difference except in the spring when the snow melts and you still have kind of that freeze thaw where we get you know nice warm days, it warms up, snow melts, and then all of a sudden we get colder weather. So we get that kind of you know uh, yo-yo effect in the in the uh, late winter, early spring. So it will help in that respect. And then the leaves are on there. You can just push them aside as the perennials come up in the spring and you've got some built-in mulch. I was mentioning to you off the air before we started the show that uh, I've been uh, kind of delinquent <laughs> as far as uh, removing some leaves. Usually I'm pretty proactive, but uh, this year was uh, been kind of crazy. And I, uh, I kind of left leaves that I shouldn't have. 
and that could be an issue uh, for lawns. What, what is what is the percentage? I mean, if I in some cases part of the lawn I can't see because of the leaves. That's not good, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, that's not good. It would have been better to have at least um, mowed them and chopped them up onto your lawn so that it was smaller pieces of leaves. But you know, things happen, and uh, and sometimes you get a big blast of leaves right after you raked and. Then it snows, and what do you do? So I think the important thing is in the spring, as things thaw out, is to get out there with a rake and just gently take off those the big layer of leaves so that sunlight and air can get down to your grass plants. So just carefully, because you don't want to, we always say don't rake when it's spongy, don't rake when it's wet, but just kind of pull those leaves off the top. You don't have to get down to the grass plants, but just get the excess off, so... Yeah, that happens. I did yeah. not get my bulbs in the ground. Well, so you <laughs> were kind of delinquent too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel too bad. I got bad too now. busy. I got too busy. I'm like, I'll yeah. do them today. I'll do them tomorrow. So uh, they are sitting in the garage, and I'm going to actually try something. Uh, a while ago, I had heard it might have been from Mary. I'm not sure, but we, had, we were talking about that because it's a common question people say: "Is oh, my bulbs came late. I didn't get them in the ground. What do I do with them now?" You can do a couple things. You can force them. So you can pot up, up, make a nice dish garden of bulbs, put them in the refrigerator. Uh, we have a garage refrigerator that runs year-round. And put them in the refrigerator for 12 weeks and then take it out, put it in a sunny window, start watering it. And hopefully you'll get bulbs emerging and you'll have a nice bulb garden. That's one thing you can do. If you have a lot of bulbs, you can put the bulbs into peat moss that's moistened, just, just barely moistened, just so it's just, you know, a little bit damp and put them in the refrigerators to, to simulate winter. Now, it's not the best thing to do. The best thing is to get the bulbs in the ground and let it go through a true winter because the temperature is important for uh, allowing the plant and they need this they need this period of time before the temperature help, actually helps to break dormancy in the bulb. So, but that's, if you have nothing else you can do, that's one thing you could do too. So, yeah, I don't know. Not sure if I'm going to have much for bulbs next spring. And then you would plant those bulbs in your garden in the spring as soon as you can work the soil. Okay. It's, uh, it's always an experiment, Denny. Life is like that. If you want to call in your question, great. If you want to send a text, that's good, too. Folks like their texting this morning. Yes. Here's another one. My hibiscus trees have, uh, still have aphids after spraying insecticidal soap twice. Any suggestions or what happens if I don't do anything? Well, I take it that, oh, aphids, they are a pain. Um, I take it that these are tropical hibiscus that were brought into the house. So you can do a couple things. I will put my bigger plants in the shower and blast off that's the first thing I would do is blast those off. I would also cut the plant back. Now, sometimes that's painful because hibiscus tend to set a lot of buds when they come in the house. But you do not want aphids in your house plants because once they're in one plant, you will find them in other plants. So you need to isolate the plants. I would wash them first, and then I would cut them back. And you can cut hibiscus plants back quite hard. I did this one year when I had uh, spider mites on my hibiscus and I cut all of the leaves off. I completely cut the plant down probably to about, you know, where there were no leaves on the branches and it came back beautifully and I got rid of the food source for the spider mites in that respect. So that's one thing you can do. The other thing is to bag the plants, cut them back a bit, bag them in like a 
trash bag, seal it up, poke a little hole in there and just spray in there, you know, something that is a, a pesticide that is for aphids and let it sit, then cover the hole up with a piece of tape and just let it sit in there and do its work in this kind of enclosed area. That's good for protecting the rest of your, you know, yourself and your home from uh, any kind of pesticide contamination. So I, I would do it in the garage if you can. Maybe we'll, maybe, uh, you know, we'll get another chance if, uh, if the snow melts before the next uh, snowstorm. Sure. But here's a question that something else I didn't get to. Can a person still dormant seed over the snow? Oh, no, you don't want to no. dormant seed over no. the snow. You act, actually want to put it down be, right before it's snow. Yeah, so if, if right. you do get a thaw, and it looks like we have some high 30s coming up. And if you don't have a big snow cover, I know up north they got a lot of snow. But down here, you know, we have a few inches maybe on the ground. If you do get an area that thaws out and there's no snow, you can put the seed down now. John talks about frost seeding as well, which happens in the spring. And for Minnesota, because we get these changes in, you know, freezing, thawing, freezing, thawing, uh, putting down seed when the soil is bare and allows, and this freezing, thawing uh, cycle actually helps to work the seed into the soil. And so he said it's sometimes for Minnesota, it can be more successful than dormant seeding. So he does a little of both. I think he told me he does 25% of his seed dormant seeded, and he saves the other 75% for spring. I think I may so, try that. Yeah, so if you didn't get to dormant seeding and you got a thick snow cover, think about doing frost seeding late winter, early spring when the f snow has melted off your lawn. That's a great idea. Yeah. All right. I had never uh, heard of that. It was something that I have not heard uh, or heard or uh, any <laughs> news stories. Today. <laughs> do, do you know if the Christmas tree lots have shortages of fresh cut trees or overly dry trees this year due to the drought? I have not heard. I haven't heard anything. The um, Minnesota Department of Agriculture usually comes out with something about Christmas trees around this time of year, probably just maybe this month even i mean it would be the this month probably but talks about um you know buy locally you know go to our you know patronize our tree lots uh that kind of so i don't really know but i think with even if the plants are not local if they're shipped in they're still going to be kind of pricier because of the cost of freight these days so yeah we'll see i don't know textures this says this, uh, for those that don't know, uh, Julie uh, plays in a group called the Abiders. <laughs> Many people know that, but some don't. But I'm looking at a text that says, please ask Julie if the Abiders have any Florida gigs planned for this winter. <laughs> I sure hope so. So there's somebody uh, who's, uh, I don't know if they're in Florida at the moment or not. But uh, Oh, we do not. We have not traveled outstate as a band. So uh, I think the furthest we got was probably... White Bear Lake <laughs> from home. <laughs> you didn't need a passport either. Our bass either, player will be in Florida for a couple months, but I don't think he's doing any solo acts down there. So. But uh, anyway, maybe as far as uh, going back to that Christmas tree uh, shortage, yeah. if there is, and maybe sure. we'll, uh, listeners will uh, fill us in if they're indeed they heard that. But I have not heard or seen any news stories about that. I haven't. The Department of Ag Minnesota Department of Agriculture would be a good website to check that out and see if there's anything. Also, Minnesota Grown. That's another good website about Minnesota growers and the products and plants that they grow and supply for us. So that's another All good right. site. 
Very good. Hang on, Julie. We'll take a bit of a break here. Just a reminder, coming along next hour, uh, Jesse Treble. We've invited Jesse Treble from uh, Safe Basements uh, back to answer more questions. We ran out of time before, so if you have any kind of a basement-type question, whether you're talking about radon, whether you have a wet basement, bowed walls, things like that, among other things, or uh, if you want to talk about foam jacking, if you've got kind of a sidewalk that's kind of caving in, whatever, we'll pick up on those topics next hour when Jesse Treble steps in for Andy Lindis next hour on the Home Improvement Show. So get those questions. Keep those in mind. We'll uh, we'll pick up on those next hour. In the meantime, it's 18 degrees here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Denning along here with uh, Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Julie, we always like to talk about the Arboretum. What a great place to, to visit any time of the year. But what's going on right now? Some fun stuff, I'm sure. Right. So November 17th, a couple days ago, we opened Winter Lights, which is the outdoor winter light exhibit. But also there's beautiful decorations indoors as well. And so I encourage people to get online, get a reservation, come on out and uh, and visit the winter lights. They're absolutely beautiful. They'll be in place until January 1st, until New Year's Day. There's also a really good ex- education opportunity called ProHort. So a lot of people know about the Master Gardener program. They think, oh, I don't have time to volunteer as a Master Gardener, but boy, I'd sure like to get that education. And the ProHort opportunity is the same education as Master Gardeners without the volunteer obligation. So this is a self-paced online class. You can sign up for it. It opens up on January 5th. That's the first day that the site is open for education. And you can get all the education that a Master Gardener does without the volunteer opportunity. So uh, so that's, that's a, a great thing to do this winter and get all tuned up and ready to go for spring. I'm ready right now. <laughs> it's not even Thanksgiving. We need uh, that time for our bulbs to break. No, that's seed. true. That's true. Patience, patience. Our plants need to rest. Julie, let's do a kind of a lightning round and see how many folks Excellent. we're going to help out before you take your leave today. Right, uh, here's one. I, re- I repotted my gardenias with new soil, brought them inside. They are placed near a window with no direct sunshine. Should I fertilize them? If you see active growth on your houseplants, yes, fertilize at half the strength recommended on the container. Here's another one. Our tulip order just arrived. Can we store them until next spring, or do we need to fight frozen soil to plant them? That's what I just was talking about earlier. So um, I would say that if you can get them in the ground, great, but it's really late. So you might want to store them in your refrigerator uh, away from fruits and vegetables because they put out ethylene as they ripen. Uh, if you have a garage fridge where you keep your beer or your wine or something, that's a good place to, to store them. And, uh, and keep them in some peat moss that actually is a little bit damp. And then check them, add a little bit of water periodically. Try to get them in the ground in the spring, and hopefully you'll be simulating a winter. Question about the Arboretum, Julie. Does the Arboretum texture says have a senior discount? I don't know if they do. I am not sure, but you can look on the website under memberships, or you can also look under the tickets and find that out. I know that kids under 12 get in for free. Okay. Hi, Julie. This one says, I am experimenting with a cover system for my non-winter hardy roses, basically a hand-built box with rigid insulation sides and top inside 
there are leaves. What do you think about this idea? What's the best position or number of air holes? Also, is there a good video to watch on the uh, Minnesota tipping method? I don't know of a video. That's an old method. But, boy, if you want to learn the tipping method, volunteer at the Arboretum next, uh, next fall when they tip the roses. Actually, they'll be tipping them up. The Rose Society helps with that. And they'll be tipping them up in the spring, and maybe you could volunteer for that. You can contact the Arboretum uh, volunteer coordinator for that information. I think the method sounds pretty good. Um, uh, it's certainly going to protect the roses, and they might make it through the winter. So uh, how many holes to drill? I, I can't really say because I don't really see what – I'm trying to visualize what the uh, texter mentioned. But I don't know if I'd put very many holes in there. Hmm. I think I would leave it the way it is. Okay. Very good. Uh, let's see. <laughs> We've got a couple minutes to go here. Uh, I'm looking gardeners. at this other. My zygo cactus I have texted you previous questions about not blooming. Yep. It has bloomed. <laughs> oh, yay. So that's, that's a holiday good. cacti. Yep. And that's, uh, is that go. hard to take care of, a zygo cactus? No, that, they're not. Uh, you just well-drained uh, pots and not overwatering is really key. And you can move them around. They they respond to cool temperatures and low and lower light this time of year. They're called a short day plant. So as our days get shorter, that they tend to set bud. And you can modify that with also cooler temperatures and you know put it in a room that's not you know too hot. Let's see. Just curious, Julie. The texter goes on to say. <laughs> What is, what is your preferred method for storing dahlia tubers? Do you like the saran wrap method? I do not know. <laughs> I have never <laughs> stored a dahlia tuber, but the Dahlia Society of Minnesota will probably have some something to say about that. I don't think I've ever heard of the saran wrap method, though, even when I've researched dahlias. I can't respond to that one very well. Here's another question <laughs> we get from time to time. I remember when I had... Uh, <laughs> That uh, Meyer lemon tree, which I don't anymore. Yes, which I don't uh, have mine either. You don't have yours either, yeah. Fungus gnats. What to do oh. about fungus gnats is the texter's question. So fungus gnats, uh, they lay eggs in the soil, and they like, as their name implies, really like wet soil, like constantly wet soil. And so the first thing is not to overwater your plants. Second is to have a well-drained container and allow your plants to dry out between waterings. If you can't get rid of them, if they are just annoying you, repot your plant in fresh, new, sterile soil. So don't use anything that's sitting in your garage or that sat outside for the summer. Go buy a new bag of soil, wash your pot with hot, soapy water, and then when you take the plant out of the pot, wash the roots off. Because there are larvae, very tiny larvae, that can be in there feeding on the roots, the fungus that grows on the roots from this wet condition, or there could be cocoons as well. So you want to wash all that off, then repot your plant in the fresh, clean, sterile soil, in the clean pot, and then be careful about watering. Do not overwater. Always feel your plants before you water. They need less water now because as our days are shorter. It's not They're not out in the hot summer sun. So be sure to feel house plants. Number one killer of house plants is overwatering, and fungus gnats come along with that. They're really a pain in the butt. All right, and we have a see. good web page on managing insect pests on indoor plants that you can visit. Give us that website again, Julie. Extension.umn.edu. Go to Yard and Garden. 
Also, you can just enter fungus gnats in the search box and it will come up. They are bothersome. They are a pest. All right, let's see if we can't grab another one before you take your leave today. Oh, here's... Here's one, a person that is really uh, intent for dormant seating. I haven't heard okay. this one. How about, Texter says, using a sprinkling can to melt the snow, loosen the soil, add seed, and mix soil and seed for dormant seating? Well, I guess you could do that. That's a lot of work. Um, I think I would, uh, but if you're intent on that, and maybe if you just have a small area and you don't have a lot of snow cover, you could scrape the snow away or melt it. Uh, and then you could actually, as you said, like rake it up, put your seed down, and then you could push some more snow over it. I don't know, but um, yeah, you could do that. It depends how desperate you are to to get a jump on that now. And um Oh my gosh! What is going on to my computer? <laughs> well, you're sounding good here. I, I okay. we've got to we've got to leave here in, a, in less than a minute, Julie. Oh, good. And okay. As far as I got 14 uh, minutes, it says. Oh <laughs> no! He starts for some weird reason. <laughs> well, you're you're sounding oh, good dear. so far. So uh, listen. Okay. Well, thanks for everything. Let's uh, let's give again the uh, uh, university website and get to the arboretum. Tell us how we do that. How do we sure. find the arboretum? Yep, so extension.umn.edu, go to Yard and Garden. Please subscribe to our Yard and Garden news. We have great information. Right now we're going into houseplant season, so there'll be a lot of that. And essentially, very shortly, we'll be getting into seed starting information, too, and seed selection. Um, And visit the Arboretum, arb, A-R-B, dot U-M-N, dot E-D-U. You do need tickets, even as a member. Uh, There's, of course, no charge to members. But if you're not a member, you can... You can pretty much pay for your membership in just a couple visits. So consider becoming a member. We have our winter lights going. Uh, We're out of here, Julie. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. You too, Denny. Thank you. Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M. Home improvement next hour on CCO. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.